the Sports World Talk podcast, hosted by me, Davis Barlow. We've got all your Piedmont College sports news, national sports news, as well as discussion on everything that's happening in the sports world industry. And without further ado, let's get right into today's show. Welcome back to the Sports World Talk podcast, episode five. Davis Barlow here as usual. I know last week we had a couple changes. Again, had to make some alterations. But if you listen to episode four, if you haven't, go back and listen to it. If you haven't listened to episode four, had to bring on an emergency guest. Couldn't schedule Brittany going like I wanted. Again, senior women's lacrosse player. But I did get her this week, and her segment is right after this. We're talking about everything social media and recruitment. Sticking with the theme of recruitment, let's start by basing what recruitment is. It's the process of how student athletes and students in high school move into college, into college programs, and how they find what is their future home, or, you know, sometimes it takes them a couple tries. Some people go JUCO, which again is a junior college. It is a two-year school, a two-year college. You get uh, basically not a full degree, but you get a degree where you can begin to get your bachelor's, and most kids will transfer trying to keep the same major, or they'll go somewhere where they want to play. But there's two different types of recruitment that we've seen in the NCAA. One of them is legal recruitment, and other is illegal recruitment. I want to spend some time talking about illegal recruitment. For those of you that have Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, you did see where Tennessee was caught illegally recruiting, handing recruits money in a McDonald's bag. A McDonald's bag of all things. You really thought a McDonald's bag with food in it plus a little cash was going to be enough to land you recruits. To be fair, it might work for some schools, but clearly Tennessee got caught. That is a recruiting violation. And let's be honest, especially with college football. If you're a college football fan, you know that illegal recruiting takes place at almost every single major Division I school. If you don't believe that, I'm just going to tell you, you're lying to yourself. If you don't believe that major D1 schools illegally recruit student-athletes in every shape, form, fashion possible, then you are lying to yourself. There is one school that I believe has a reputation that would not require them to recruit illegally, and that is the University of Alabama's football program that Nick Saban built. They can recruit solely on greatness, NFL draft prospects, and overall football program. They have built a true dynasty. You could make an argument that Clemson is probably the same way. I would say Clemson's not quite there yet. The success hasn't been as sustained as long as Alabama. But even if you want to give Clemson, for the sake of argument, I'll give Clemson. There are two teams in the country that can recruit based off what they have built, the culture they have built, the program they have built. Every other team cheats. I promise you. Every other team cheats in college football. It's just a matter of who gets caught. And as we see, Tennessee gets caught. Now, on the flip side, there's legal recruitment, which is something I do want to talk about. I don't want to talk about it too much because Brittany and I are going to have a great discussion on that. Again, Brittany going about to come on in about one minute. So if you really are itching to get to her segment, you can go ahead and skip ahead on the podcast. But legal recruitment is a big part of college football. Again, the facilities, the online clout, the social media, the coaches, everything about recruiting that is done legally plays as much of a factor into recruiting student athletes as all of the shady business that happens in Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. It happens at all levels too. I do want to mention that. But we're going to get into the legal recruitment and how social media especially now with COVID-19 and not being able to have official visits on campus for these schools and student athletes, how social media is taking over the recruiting trail and how big of a role it plays. So we're going to take a short break here on the Sports World Talk podcast. And when we come back, it's everything social media and recruitment with Brittany Gowen. So don't go anywhere. If you're enjoying listening to the Sports World Talk podcast right now, make sure to check us out and follow us on Spotify. 
And make sure to follow the Piedmont Lions TikTok account at Piedmont Lions to check out all your sports highlights, content, and more to be brought to you later on this season. Back here on the Sports World Talk podcast, as promised, I've got senior women's lacrosse player Brittany Gowen here with me. Brittany, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Davis. And so, Brittany, we're talking everything college recruitment here. Let's start off with your journey to recruitment up here at Piedmont College. So I started playing lacrosse when I was in high school. And from there, of course, I got recruited here at Piedmont College. And I talked to one of the old assistant coaches we had here and, of course, told me to look up the athletic website and fill out the recruitment document and everything. And the coach reached out to me. And, of course, I felt at home as soon as I walked on this campus because it's so small. And, of course, some people don't like small schools. But it was just so small and so homey feeling with Everyone knowing everyone and being full of athletes, it definitely was probably one of the best experiences I had recruiting. Of course, I looked at other school to, schools too, but I just ended up deciding this is where I'm supposed to be. So what were the deal breakers for other schools or what really closed the deal for Piedmont? Well, with other schools, I actually looked at Erskine College up in South Carolina, a D2 school, and it just did not feel at home. The girls kind of really didn't really mend well together. But here for Piedmont, the girls mend well together as a team. And I actually got to do an overnight visit and they all came and hung out. And of course, doing overnights at other schools, it was just kind of like you were stuck with one person. But here, you kind of felt like a family. And of course, I met other athletes from other teams here at Piedmont on the night of my visit. And it was just so cool. And so it's talking about overnight visits. That's a one of the main things that cannot happen right now with the current state of college recruiting. How crucial do you think it is that student athletes right now aren't able to step foot on campus of the schools they're looking at? It definitely is hard on those athletes because, like you just said, they can't step foot here and they just kind of have to go by word of mouth. Either they got to reach out to some of the athletes already here and hopefully they answer you if they see it. Because, I mean, personally, I don't really check social media anymore. So if someone reached out to me, they might not get an answer back in a timely manner. But they got to reach out and just kind of hope for the best because they're going blindsided into picking a school. Yeah, college recruitment again right now. Per the NCAA, you are not allowed to actually do on-campus visits for sports. You can come tour some schools depending on their own policies to come and actually set foot on campus, but you can't talk to any coaches, any current players in person. You're not allowed to tour any athletic facilities. And that's a big part of college recruitment is seeing these facilities and teams in person. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, right before I actually committed, I came and I watched a practice and I'm not super far away from Piedmont, maybe an hour and a half from home. And on top of seeing that practice, me and my family actually came to watch a game and they ended up winning that game and stuff. And People can't do that right now. Even I'm allowed two family members at my game right now and just not even being able to have a whole fan base and stuff. And on top of that, recruits can't come and watch the team play. You can't watch them in person, see how they mend during the halftime talk, see how they mend on the sidelines, see how the coaches handle themselves. You can't really get the same feeling and the same idea in your head when you're watching it online. Of course, Piedmont's doing it excellent job of showing the games online but it's still just not the same as in person yeah looking at social media again piedmont does broadcast on youtube if you don't follow us go to piedmont athletics on youtube and you'll be able to drop the follow there how big is social media right now since you can't be in person 
Oh, I believe it is ginormous. Like the impact of it is huge. I mean, like we just talked about in my podcast, Socially Sporty, Davis actually mentioned one of our um, baseball games got over 500 views on the YouTube. And that's pretty big because last year we ended up maybe having 50 views total just because of those are the parents that are in a different state or still at work during the games. And they still want to catch a little glimpse of the game. But now only being able to have those two family members and, of course, the students that are on campus and can come and seeing all those people sitting there on like their devices at home. That's like a record high for Piedmont. Yeah, it is. And it's really changed the dynamic of how you display your school to recruits. It's no longer, hey, do you want to come to these games or, you know, are you free this date to come take a visit, sit in on this practice? Now it's we're broadcasting on YouTube 5 p.m., Tune in. Come take a look. This is what we're about. This is what you'll be playing in front of. You know, no fans for the foreseeable future. Again, Piedmont allowing limited fans and no off-campus fans or anything like that. But really, it's up to social media now to pitch the schools to recruit. Yeah, and I mean, our SID department, and I mean, you're a part of it, Davis, and they do such an excellent job showing what they can do and show what the... They show what athletes can be a part of, and I think that's super crucial right now for all the sports and the recruiting aspects. So definitely, I believe Danielle and her team deserves a huge shout-out from our coaches because just she's kind of in charge of the recruiting in a way. Yeah, that's Danielle Percival over in the sports communication office for Piedmont. The flip side to recruiting, which we'll see in a couple years, is the transfer portal. For these student-athletes who make – I don't want to say the wrong decision, but make the decision maybe and they find out it's not the best one they could have made. They end up somewhere they're not happy with or somewhere, you know, maybe they just want a different start after a couple years. And, of course, you can't tour any of the campuses, so you're taking a shot in the dark. How effective and full do you think the transfer portal will be in the next couple years? I believe it will be pretty full, especially probably in the next two years or so. And, I mean – whether it's through people just wanting to transfer because they're like, no, I don't want to play a sport. And I mean, that happens right now anyways, with the pandemic or not, that happens from even when we joined college sports. But just in general right now, I believe they're going to realize, okay, this isn't the team I thought I committed to, which is kind of sad, but I mean, it happens to the best of us. And on top of that, people are going to realize, okay, maybe that they don't have the major I actually want to do. And College is the time where you grow into the adult that you want to be in the future. And I mean, like your career path may change. You might not want to be in college at all. But on the transferring side of things, it's going to be huge because they're going to be like, maybe I should have picked this school next. And I believe it will be pretty full. Yeah, again, the transfer portal, many reasons to transfer from a school. Looking at the Division One to a Division Three level, the difference in transferring, again, for social media, there are fans that will show you love when you recruit, you know, we love to show, as fans, we love to show love to the kids we're getting at our schools, favorite schools, love to cheer them on. But it's difficult to see them leave and know that they're going to other programs. How do you think that's going to be affected at a Division One level when some of these big-time recruits take a chance on a school and find out it's not for them? I feel like it's going to be a lot harder on the athlete than the fans just because the fans could follow them onto a new school, but – they got so committed to that school and they walk in there and they're like, this actually isn't for me. And I feel like it's going to be a pretty big wake up call for a good bit of athletes when they're like, I got to leave here. And of course, 
the fan backlash may happen. It may not. It depends. But the fans can always follow the athlete, but the athlete has to find their home. Yeah, and that's the thing about finding a home. The difference between Division One and Division Three social media departments, again, you get so much more clout, as we would say. If you don't know what clout is, you're <laughs> going to want to take a look at Google, and you'll find the definition there. But clout basically is fame, online, presence, and you get so much more from a Division One department because of the way they're run. Yeah, I mean, looking at, they already, UNC basketball, I'm a big UNC fan, they're already kind of posting about some of the recruits they have next year. And, of course, in high school, you have the whole four-star, five-star recruits and stuff, and they're already posting what high school they're from and how they committed. And instantly, right off of that, as they post it, those people already get, like, thousands of followers just because they want to watch and see this guy become the next big thing. Yeah, and the production at a Division One level for things like that versus Division Three just isn't the same. And it's really unfortunate, but at the end of the day, it comes down to budgeting, staff, and revenue. Yeah, I mean, at Piedmont, we have three SIDs. And of course, that's a good amount for the kind of school we are at. But then at Division One, you have so many more people, so you can get those kinds of things done. Yeah, you have videographers, editors, people that are in charge of producing the overall content, social media managers and stuff like that. And there's so many different platforms now. You've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, and these schools are required to have a presence on all of them. Yeah, and I believe that the D1 schools especially, they definitely get more fans and more people wanting to look at going to those schools because of how well they portray themselves on those social medias. Yeah, they do a really great job of having a presence on those social medias in order for recruits. Again, some of my favorite videos on social media do come from schools like the University of Georgia, the University of Florida, and how they're able to showcase and demonstrate everything that goes on with their schools. Yeah, for sure. And Well, Brittany, that's about all the time we have here on the Sports World Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Again, that was senior women's lacrosse player Brittany Gowen. We're going to take another short break here on the Sports World Talk podcast, and then when we get back, we'll wrap up this episode and take a look at the next one as well. We always do a good job of previewing the next topics here. You're not going to want to go anywhere. You're listening to the Sports World Talk podcast. If you're a fan of podcasts and other content that sounds similar to this, then tune in to the Trust Issues podcast to be released every Friday starting January 29th on Spotify, where you can hear detailed conversations about mental illness to spark conversation with a new guest host each week to keep things interesting. Back here on the Sports World Talk podcast. Hope you enjoyed that special feature from Brittany Goen, again, senior women's lacrosse player here at Piedmont College. Got to hear some of her personal journey, where she sees recruiting going and how social media is playing such a big factor right now. However, we're almost out of time here on the Sports World Talk podcast. It's been a great episode. Been excited to be here with you guys. We're going to preview episode six, which is the one after this. So if you're really on the edge of your seat, don't worry, it's coming. You've heard this name 
in a couple different episodes of the podcast. If you want to go back and count them, you can. But Danielle Percival is a name that you've heard a couple times on this podcast. She is the sports information director here at Piedmont College, and she is doing an incredible job balancing spring, fall, and winter sports here at Piedmont College right now. Again, Piedmont College did not play any fall sports. They are all happening along with spring sports in one semester. And Danielle Percival and her staff who I have had the pleasure of working with, calling games for, doing stats for, and all that fun stuff have done an incredible job balancing that. They deserve a shout out. And so our guest for episode six is going to be another student here who has the pleasure of working with Danielle and her crew. It's going to be Nick Pope. He is a fellow broadcaster. He's done some broadcasts with me. He's done some broadcast work with the man who was on one of the earlier podcasts, Brett Loftus. And we're going to get some insight from Nick about what it's truly like to work with Danielle's staff, where he thinks these broadcasts are going as we attempt to return to somewhat normal. We'll also discuss briefly the MLB and its new uh, policy for fans, some teams allowing some fans to come back. Some teams have said 100% capacity, let's run it. That's a good sign that we're going back to normal. But we'll lead in with that. Nick and I will probably mainly cover its effects a little bit less about the MLB and more of the effects of people returning and how that's going to affect online broadcasts, which we've been so reliant on now for many, many months as it's tried to give us the sense of hope and normalcy and keep things as normal as possible. Humans are creatures of routine. And when you take something as culturally big as sports out of a human's routine, it can have devastating effects on mental, physical health. And that's what happened when COVID did hit against sports leagues, really signaled the shutdown of everything. Like once the NBA, the MLB postponed spring training, once everything started to shut down, everyone realized how serious the pandemic was. And it's wild to think about that sports were really the leading factor in a global pandemic and the true understanding culturally of what happened. So we'll reflect on all of this. I don't want to go into too much detail on this episode because that is next episode's topic. Thank you so much for joining me here this episode on the Sports World Talk podcast. I've been Davis Barlow. As usual, if you've got any comments, anything at all, and you want to contact me, my email is hbarlow0708 at lions.piedmont.edu. That's H-B-A-R-L-O-W-0708 at Piedmont, P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T dot lions.edu. And I'll see you on the next episode. That concludes this episode of the Sports World Talk podcast, hosted by me, Davis Barlow. If you enjoyed today's content, be sure to follow and come back next time for more Sports World Talk.